Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. The context of our reflection on the Advent message of joy and peace on this third Sunday of Advent is the fact of conflict and belligerence and the conflict of difficult individuals, the context of difficult individuals and difficult relationships and the context of relationships that are in difficulties. Paul writes, in Philippians 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the God of peace, which transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Paul frames that bit of advice after having appealed to colleagues to help two church sisters, Yodia and Sintiche, to get along. He notes that these were women who were mature Christians and as a part of their story, had been outstanding Christian workers and well-networked among outstanding Christian workers. Despite their Christian testimony and record of sacrificial Christian service, these two women got into a spot and refused to get along with each other. Their differences and their difficulties and the fact that they were not getting along with each other was well known within the Christian community among those with whom they had previously worked. We are not provided with the details of the specific nature of their differences and difficulties. The details do not matter. We are all acquainted with people who are in conflict and with difficulties and differences. It does not matter how it started or what caused it. Their contentiousness and their belligerence can belie their maturity and personal record. It is one of those sad things in life. And when you see it, there is very little that we can do to make persons get beyond their difficulties and put their conflicts behind them. This is the context of Paul's version of the celebration of joy and peace of Advent is to be understood. Paul does not offer us any clever psychological tips or even explain how to neutralize these conflicts. He calls attention to some of the highest values and most celebrated themes of the Christian faith. The focus on these values and virtues is not 
to be taken as a kind of escape from reality or a game of let's pretend. It has everything to do with the cut and thrust of life's experiences. It is not advocating that in the face of such vexed deterioration of human relationships that a tone can substitute for resolving conflict and difficulties. People can disguise savage activities and cruel actions by smooth tones. There are many who believe that their suave and their swagger can make up for the concrete and specific actions of injustice and unrighteousness. Tone is not enough. What we have here is in Paul's writing is the effect of something at the heart of the Christian worldview. It is the idea that the Lord is near. Christians live between the times, between the first and the second coming of Jesus. We operate in the context of the overarching presence mm. of the Lord. In him we live and move and have our being. We rejoice and we make sure our gentleness is evident to all, to all because we live in the presence of God. The Lord is near. We live out our lives and deepen our relationships in the context of the imminence of the Lord's return. The knowledge that his coming is near at the door causes us to keep short accounts and to ensure we resolve our differences and our conflicts quickly. The Lord is near also emphasizes the enhanced access to grace and goodness and help of the Lord. We may enter his throne room and lean upon his everlasting arms. Help is at hand. It seems to me that Paul regards those who make themselves belligerent and conflictual mm. and hard to get along with are those who have lost sight of the presence of and the nearness and the readiness of the Lord's help. Our relationship must deepen and strengthen based on the sense of the presence of God and the nearness of his return. Often when we run out of things to appeal to, when people prove belligerent and conflictual, we will have to turn our eyes to the nearness of the Lord's return. The hymn writer says, it may be at morn when the day is awakening, when sunlight through darkness and shadow is breaking. It may be at midday, it may be at twilight, it may be perchance that the blackness of midnight will burst into light in the blaze of his glory when Jesus receives his own. Christ returneth. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul sets out joy and peace as the antidote to conflict and belligerence in relationship. Joy leaves no room for conflict and peace resolves conflict. Gentleness must be evident to all is not a skill that conflictual and belligerent persons make use of. When you have a sense of the nearness of the Lord, his presence, his imminent return, and his plenteous grace. It instills certain behavior in, a, in us. The first to which Paul calls attention is joy. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. This joy replaces anger. 
It replaces hate. It replaces sorrow. It speaks about a bubbling self-confidence and inner energy that is happy and hopeful, mm. full of effervescence and delight. In the Hebrew language of the Old Testament, the word used for joy means to spin and to dance. When it speaks about God finding joy in human beings, it is literally saying that God dances over us. Paul calls on us to operate on the inside as if we are throwing a party or are dancing. This is not a mood thing. It is an act of defiance that counters our circumstances and it is a form of resistance. It is a thing you notice among oppressed groups in spaces where they are being dominated. Their laughter and their dance are acts of resistance and defiance. There is a source of deep delight and vigor and hope that can spring to life even mm. in the most trying and difficult circumstances. This is not meant as an exceptional moment, but as a way of life constantly bubbling up from below the surface. Its source is deep, is a deep faith and confidence and an abiding love for the Lord. It is in the Lord that we rejoice always, and we will start and do it over and over again. In this way, joy is not just what you have, it is how you are, it is what you do, it springs from within you. When Paul makes his second demand, and then Paul makes his second demand on us, as we approach our lives and relationship, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. This is almost countercultural these days. Somehow, we have come to normalize brashness, boorishness, crudeness, and rudeness. Rudeness has become fine art. Whether it is how we drive on the roads or how we speak to or shout at each other, it has to do with how we settle our differences and how we resolve our conflicts. We use aggressive words and actions. We want to outgun and outshout each other and outbadness the other person. Paul is calling on us to make gentleness our way, the soft answer the courteous response, the giving of respect, the being slow to take offense, the readiness for reconciliation, the aggression that is everywhere in our society, in the lyrics of our song, in the way we talk with each other and the way we handle mm -hmm. each other is not good for us. The most minor infraction is settled with violence and finality. We are finding new and more efficient ways to show cruelty and then to advertise it. We can do better than that. Or as the Americans say, we are better than that. Paul believes that a Christian is a gentle person. It is what people must see and know of us all the time. It is our default position. It is our way. It is how we deal with things. It is the approach we take. We do not need to be loud. We must refuse to use harsh words 
or resort to violence and abuse. It is beneath our dignity. We are courteous to a fault. It is how we are under all circumstances. Others may laugh at us mm. or take advantage of, of us, but it is the meek that inherits the earth. It is our way. Then Paul returns to our settled calm and our unbothered way. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Many people do not manage problems and difficulties very well. They go to pieces. They get to worrying and they cannot sleep and they abuse substances and they pick quarrels with others. Paul points them in a direction of drawing upon and making use of spiritual resources. Worry about nothing. This passage is full of absolutes, of doing things in full measure. It says rejoice always. Be gentle in every circumstances and worry about nothing. In mm. most things, it is not what we do in the midst of our problems that brings about the solution. Not what it's, It is not what we do not do in the midst of our problems that brings about the solution, but what we do. Here he says, talk to God about it. One of the longest sections of the teachings of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is to help us rid ourselves of worry in the knowledge that it does not profit to worry and that animals and birds get along fine without worrying and that God cares for us so we do not need to worry. And finally, that we, we should worry only about the things that matter like righteousness, and the rule and reign of God. Make use of the habit and discipline of prayer. Make your prayers focused and direct, not rambling and chatty, but always finding the things for which to be thankful. Paul has not suggested that we find some clever mm. saying and inspiring words to substitute for our anxiety. He said we are to articulate it in prayer. And he has reminded us, as with so many things, worry is a matter of perspective. If you put things in proper perspective, we will find little to worry about. But he, re he has reminded us that gratefulness is the greatest antidote to anxiety. An attitude of gratitude will make you a beatitude. Finally, in the context where so many people are having trouble getting along with each other and where there are conflicts and difficulties, our overarching concern should be governed by the mm. message of Advent. The Lord is near, coming soon, ready at hand. We should rejoice. We should be gentle. We should be thankful. Then he says the result will be the peace of God will guard your hearts and mind. God's peace will watch over your soul like a soldier standing guard at the door so that nothing can disturb and destroy your peace. The peace of God is the peace of conscience. It is a peace of mind and results in peace of relationship in which barriers are broken down and differences are accepted. 
In the ancient Near East, people greeted each other with a prayer for peace. And still today many say, may the peace of the Lord be upon you. Maybe we should return to the greeting of peace and pronouncing the blessing of peace on each other. Many are not at peace because they are worried about many things. Many are not at peace because they are angry about many things. Many are not at peace because they are in conflict with many people. The blessing of peace makes peace a priority. Still we are called to come to God. We are called upon to remember that the Lord is near, to rejoice, to be gentle, to be thankful, to let the peace of God come sweeping over us. May the peace of the Lord guard your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. May peace be upon you. Peace be upon Jamaica. And in as much as it depends on you, live mm. at peace with all persons.